Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, what's up, Spokes? How are you? I am good. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm kind of changing up the way that I am training throughout the week because I'm getting so busy and I'm so blessed and just happy about that. But I can't train on days that I do check-ins. Like it's just too much for me, um, especially if I'm like building out a plan. And so I'm taking an extra rest day this week because my body's just like not recovering even with the extra food. And so what I'm going to start doing is training twice during the weekend since I don't do like check-ins or anything like that. So I'm going to train my hardest training day, which is my triple extension day on Saturday and then hit upper body on Sunday, rest Monday since I have check-ins, do a lower body posterior, like glute focus and hamstring focus day on Tuesday, rest Wednesday, and then do a posterior focus where it's like glutes, hamstrings, and then upper back on Thursday and then rest Friday. And I'm excited about that because again, I'm not training on days that I'm doing check-ins. And then I have two days where I can just focus on training and then doing like programming and stuff like that and not have people be like wanting check-in answers. So I think that's going to be a better setup for me. And I think it's really important to have that scheduling as you get more successful as a coach or even more successful in life to make sure you have downtime for yourself. Agreed. And I think I saw that you just like programmed a new training for yourself, correct? Yeah. So I want to do a separate podcast on that because it is, I, I want to actually like walk through why I'm doing what I'm doing, because I think that's really cool. Um, and it's also really cool of Austin to be like, yeah, let's do it. And like to trust me, because like that tells me that he believes in me as a coach and believes in me and what I've learned. So that's really cool. But yeah, I want to do a separate podcast on that. So maybe we can do that once we get through all of our fucking baller guests. Cause dude, we have one, two, three, four, the next like four weeks, we have just phenomenal guests lined up. I am so freaking pumped. I know. My God. It's it's all going to be good ones. You guys are going to be super excited, like really good topics, really good guests. I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, absolutely. But how you been? I've been good. Um, I don't have any thing exciting that I can think of right now. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. declutter my house tomorrow. Ooh, um, like a spring cleaning? Kind of. Yeah. Um, more so is, um, my significant other is moving in. So <gasps> I need to get room for his stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, it's exciting. It's, um, we're like casually doing it like here and there and like moving things, um, little by little. Um, so I'm just mm-hmm. trying to make more room. Not that like I have like a bunch of stuff, but like, so this is going to be so funny. So he's like way more bougie than me, which is wild. So like I have like a blender from like Walmart and he has like the $200 Ninja Express blend, like all of Oh, this that's stuff. so me. That's oh, so God. me. So him. He's got like the Ninja Foodie air fryer grill thing. And I'm just like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay, cool. Like, and he, he's like, what are we going to do? Like with all your pots and pans? And I was like, babe, I have one pan and I don't even own a pot. I don't, I don't own a pot. I don't cook anything that requires a pot. So like, oh and I think maybe once I've made like pasta and I just like went to my mom's house and borrowed her pot. And like, that was it. But yeah. So I just like, need to get rid of like doubles of things that we have that like his are nicer. Um, yeah. So um, he's actually funny. working this weekend. So I think my mom's going to come over and help me um, get rid of a few things. So that's pretty much 
it on my end. Yeah. And you said, is, is his birthday coming up? So his birthday, yes, is the end of next month. Um, I usually plan like some big shit for it, but I don't have anything planned. Like we went to, um, for those of you that know that live in Ohio, um, I think there's one in like Wisconsin too, Kalahari. It's like a water park, uh, indoor, indoor water park. It's pretty Ooh. cool. Yeah. Like water slides, wave pool, hot tubs, swim up bars, shit like that. Um, so we've done that before we've done Columbus. We drove down to Columbus, Ohio for the weekend. Um, and then another year, oh, another year we just stayed in, but it was like COVID, but it was like a huge, huge ordeal. But yeah, yeah. I don't have anything planned yet, but I'm sure I'll figure out something. That's fun. That's exciting. I love that. I know um, Eric told me what he's going to plan for my birthday because like I'm getting one of my friends is doing like my makeup and stuff and she's like really good at doing makeup. And so I was like, hey, sweetheart, I know you're planning kind of like a surprise and stuff like that, but like I really want to feel good on my birthday. I really like want to like get done up. Like I, the week before my hair is getting done. So I'm re- getting my extensions put in to like move up and getting my hair dyed. I have massage the day before, but I was like, I want to be like done up on my birthday because I know that you have something planned. And so he was telling me what he originally had planned. He was like, I was going to take you to Charleston place, which is a really nice hotel downtown. And we were going to get um, couples facials and a couple's pedicure. And he's like, but since you want your makeup done, why don't instead we just do the couple's pedicure? So that way your face isn't messed up from the facial and you can keep your makeup on. And then he's going to take me to, um, I think it's called the Oak or the Oak Room or something like that, or something like that. It's like a really nice, fancy steakhouse. So like in Charleston, you either go to Halls or you go to like the Oak or the Oakwood or something like that, or the Oak Room. And we already went to halls for his birthday. And that's when I like paid for his steak with like the money I made from coaching. So he's going to take me to the other place and we're going to like dress up and be like, just go downtown and have like a night. And yeah, I'm, I'm, he did good. He did so good. Like, I love this man. Oh, that is so exciting. And so awesome. Oh my God. I'm like a, I'm such a big birthday person and like my significant other actually hates birthdays. Um, so. And that's so funny because he is such a romantic. So like you would think that he would love like the whole art of like spending time together and like celebration. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe he just like didn't have a good birthday one time and was like, fuck it. But <laughs> yeah. So and I'm like, I just love birthdays. Like my birthday is like so extra. Like I better have fucking balloons all over my house when I wake up. Like, oh, I'm just I'm extra. I'm so fucking extra. Like I wear a crown all fucking day. I don't care. I don't care if I'm about to be 30. Uh, I'm wearing a crown. So there's that. I love that. I love that for you. (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious. Girl, we have a lot of fun questions kind of like set up. Like I am really excited to kind of dive through um, and see like what we can, what we can answer for all these listeners. Like a lot of them are either talking about like PEDs or kind of like tips for off season and relationships. Like these are like really good questions. I feel like a lot of people you know, unfortunately struggle with because of just this bodybuilding lifestyle. Um, so I'm excited to dive in and we'll obviously be as open and honest as we possibly can with our own experiences and just kind of like talking about, you know, what we think on the subject, but keep in mind that some of these answers are like contextual and kind of like, it depends, you know? So at the end of the day, like you have to do what's best for you and, you know, your circumstance. And so kind of the first question diving in and let's just, let's just dive into the first big one. Is it it worth it for girls to take PEDs? 
Okay. So I think this is a very vague question. Yes. And I'm curious to, when I saw this question, I was like thinking of you and like what your response is. So for me personally, like it's so vague and it's like, is it worth it for girls to take PEDs? Mm-hmm. Obviously it depends. Yep. I personally think if you are more of a lifestyle athlete and you want to take, and that's your goal to mm-hmm. whatever, get fit, I don't think it's necessary to dabble in PEDs if you're a lifestyle. Uh, but if you're a girl and you're competing at a high level of some type of bodybuilding, uh, maybe even powerlifting or whatever it may be, um, then yes, I think it, it it could potentially be worth it if your values align with, with your goals. Like what are your values when it comes to your goals? Like, do you care? Do you not care? Mm-hmm. You know, because there are risks that come with taking PEDs. So I'm curious, like, would you ever program like PEDs for like a lifestyle client if they wanted to? First, we have a very real conversation as to what they want out of life. And like, if they ever want to have kids, will I use androgens? No, no, not until they're done with their fertility. If they're like, fuck it, I don't want to have kids and my partner and I are on board or I just, I am firmly decided that I don't want to have children. What I will do is I will have a very real conversation with them, especially if it's like a young girl. Cause you know, when you like get into the bodybuilding career and you like go all in on bodybuilding when you're like a brand new athlete and you're like, fuck it. I don't want to have kids. I want to be an IFBB pro. I want like the tiara. I want the sword, but you're also like 21. And it's very rare that 21 year olds know exactly what they want. Like I am like, you know, kind of like the, the exception here. Cause when I was, I was say, you were young, you were young. I, you just, you guys didn't want to have kids. Thousand percent, thousand percent. Yeah. Right. But I am also a woman that knows what the fuck she wants. And that mm-hmm. is not usually the case. Right. So if she is young, like 20 years old, we will have a very real conversation. Cause it's like, if you have the, the money to start playing with PEDs, you have the money to freeze your eggs. And I will straight up have a conversation about freezing your eggs mm-hmm. and making sure that you keep you your healthy eggs that you have now at 20 years old, 21 years old, kind of like the prime fertility. And we start freezing them because it's like that shit is important because you could be 25 or 30 years old and you might be completely trash, but you might be able to restart with like some HCG, some, you know, maybe a little bit of Clomid and some other things to kind of restart ovulation. But your current eggs after PEDs might be shit. So then you can be like, oh, well, I have these eggs. And even if you cannot carry the child to term in your own body, you at least have your DNA, which could be something that is special to you that you want with your partner. And maybe you do an IVF route or maybe you do a surrogacy thing, but it's still your baby. And I think that is like, that is some real fucking shit. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. So for you, then essentially like at times, depending on the person's goal, like it is worth it for a girl to take PEDs. Yeah, then fuck it, let's go. But here's the deal. I'm not going to throw a fucking bar cycle and a, a vitamin Anavar at you because that's, you know, in my opinion, kind of reckless. It's like, let's spend the first, you know, especially if you can be patient, if, let's spend the first few years natural and, you know, maximizing what we can do naturally. Mm-hmm. And then let's start doing the non-virilization drugs first. Like let's enter into a growth phase and start cycle mapping, which cycle mapping is kind of like what it kind of sounds like is mapping out what drugs you respond well to and mm-hmm. start kind of taking inventory about, you know, what happens if we add in a little bit of growth hormone 
What happens if we add in a little bit of insulin? What happens if we add a little bit of clenbuterol in the off season and seeing how your body responds to what non-virilizing drugs, we start taking inventory. You know, we start maybe getting, we obviously always get labs done, but then we start seeing where does your natural test fall? Well, what happens if we start taking a little bit of like a TRT route and putting in like three to five migs of test a week and riding that for, you know, as long as we possibly can. And then we stop, you know, getting, you know, the growth potential out from, you know, a simpler stack design and then be like, okay, well, what happens if we add in maybe a little bit of Primo or maybe a little bit of MPP since women respond very well to MPP. Mm-hmm. And again, with especially the benefit of MPP, it being short acting ester, if we start noticing sides that like, you're like, listen, I am not cool with these side effects. We could pull that bitch and, you know, likely reverse the sides or at least stop them from progressing. But obviously if we're doing like a longer ester, it's like, you're kind of at the mercy of your body's clearance. And so it's understanding and making sure your coach fucking understands what these drugs are doing and what these, you know, pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics are like in your body and making sure you're managing side effects. Like that shit is so fucking important because mm-hmm. some of these side effects are fucking permanent, like voice changes, permanent, unless you get surgery, um, clitoral growth, that's going to be permanent. You are likely going to have some clitoral swelling that will go down after you are off cycle. But if you start abusing the shit out of PEDs, it is likely that, you know, your sister who ha down there, she's going to be big. Mm-hmm. And she's going to stay big chin hairs and stuff like that most likely cycle but some girls even off cycle that shit's permanent and so they get blazer or they have to shave next to their husband like i am not trying to discourage you from peds because if you want to use let's do it because obviously they fucking work from like the muscle standpoint but you also need to be responsible enough to understand that there are also negatives so i'm going to answer this question in a different way is it worth it for girls to take peds no Is it worth it for women to take PEDs? Yes, because that Mm. mental component is fucking important. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, just going back to the start of your your rant there, so to say, like... (laughs) <laughs> sorry I get so passionate because it's like no, listen, I love let's, it. I love let's it. be real <laughs> I think about like when I first started bodybuilding and I was like I was oh my god so I was like 23 so it's mm-hmm. a little bit older than 21 but like my mindset was still very immature at that time um so for me yeah I would have probably been like okay yeah fuck it like let's go let's go I'm gonna be a fucking pro I don't care what mm-hmm. it takes to get there and now I'm just like well shit like what lines am I willing to cross and what lines am I not willing to cross? You know, like what, at what point is it worth it? And what point is it not worth it for me? Um, You know, am I able to deal with, you know, facial hair or am I not? Am I able to deal with my voice deepening a little bit or am I not? Right. So, yeah, I think that was a really, really good analogy or not analogy saying there that is it worth it for girls? No. Is it worth it for women? Absolutely. I love that. Love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. So good answer. So will I run peds with girls? No. Will I run peds with women? Absolutely. Because that mindset matters. So um, this next question we're going to slide into. Um, I'll, I'm going to start off with it because this is like exactly where I'm at. Um, how do you deal with weight gain in your off season? So my off season has been going on since um, over a year now. So um, October 8th, I think of 2021 was my last time I stepped on stage that day, that show day, I weighed 106.2 today. I weighed, yeah, I would, and I'm five, five guys. I'm five foot five. I'm pretty tall. Um, so 
Today, I was 161.4. So that's 50 plus pound weight gain, right? Um, so I'll be honest with you. It's not it's not easy. It's hard. It's hard to see your body change. But one of the biggest things that I like to realize is, you know, my body, or I like to tell myself is my body is a vessel. My body is a vessel for who I am. So it doesn't matter if my body is a fucking ladybug. Like I'm still Ash. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still me. I'm still Spilk. So like, whether my body is 106 pounds or 170 pounds, 180 pounds, like I'm still me. And you really have to dive into your core and who you are. So yeah, of course it's difficult. Um, Some things that I do to help me along the way is like, I will transition my closet. I will put away my prep clothes. I will not try and squeeze my fat little ass in that, those tiny little shorts, those little hoochie shorts that I wear during prep. When I'm shredded, because we all do it. We like to wear clothes that are very skimpy when we're in prep. They make us feel good, right? Because we're showing off all of our muscles as it should, as we should, right? Do what makes you feel good. So yeah, I put those away. I start wearing extra large t-shirts. Um, I will not um like gaze at myself in the mirror as long as mm-hmm. I do. Um, that's yeah, like stop a- doing those ab checks. Correct. And then um, I just continue to do a lot of, of affirmations um, just relating to who I am. Like, you know, I am still me. Um, I love me. My body is beautiful. My body is healthy. That is another thing too, is focusing on, on health. And then one thing for me personally, uh, I have really linked together is um, I listened to my feedback from, from Sandy at my last national show. And it was like, you just need mu- more muscle maturity. You're small. Um, so, and you know, we know that in order to gain muscle, you have to gain weight. So, and granted during that time, you are going to gain some fat and that's, you know, that's, I guess, so to say a small price to pay for me to get to my goals. Um, so, you know, it, it's not the easiest. It can be a little bit difficult. Um, it hasn't been always easy for me. I struggle with it too, but, um, I just constantly remind myself of who I am. Um, my body is ever changing and that this is necessary for my goals. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, obviously, like Brittany talked about yesterday in her story, she's like, everyone wants to reverse, but nobody wants to gain weight. And it's like, Mm -hmm. muscle weighs something, you guys, muscle's not free. Like, you're not going to fucking, like, bust out of like Newton's, like, law of thermodynamics. Like, if you want muscle, muscle costs something. And that means cost hard training, and it costs food. And you're going to see the scale go up. Like, you know, especially when you get to dick skin shredded for a contest prep, like you want to put on that body fat because body fat's an endocrine tissue. It's a hormonal tissue. You will feel better at a higher body fat percentage compared to contest prep. Like, yeah, you're shredded and cool, but you feel like donkey ass. Like like, you're, it's like, it's awful. You're cold. Your joints hurt. You have no energy. All you can think about is food. You don't want to be touched. You don't want to have sex. You don't want to do the things that you love. You don't even want to go train. (laughs) It's like, what kind of fucking life is that? Like, how is that your dream body? If it's not your dream life, like, come on now, let's cut through the bullshit. Like I totally understand that seeing the scale go up can be mentally difficult, but if we are hyper fixating on the scale and not focusing on being a person outside of bodybuilding, that's the real shit that needs to be fixed. So go get a hobby go spend time with your significant other, go spend time with friends and get the fuck outside of your head. Because like, there's no reason to be mean to yourself to get when the scale goes up, it's Mm -hmm. supposed to go up. It is supposed to do that. If you are doing a good job, it will go up and that is okay. And that is good. Yeah, no, I posted, I don't know if you saw my story yet this morning, but I posted like how I weighed myself and then I got all dressed and then like 
15 minutes later, I went and took my shit and I was like, oh, come on. I pooped after I weighed myself. And like the old me would have been like, okay, get undressed, take your socks off, do everything, get back on the scale. And today I was like, I'm not fucking doing that mm-hmm. for like that 0.5 or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I'm sorry, but for me to take my socks back off, not doing it. <laughs> so here's the deal. I sometimes will do that. But it has nothing to do with the scale. I want to see the weight oh, of my massive. shit. Yeah. I, dude, I shit like so much in the morning. I yeah. like, just want to see what it weighs. But I yeah. totally love that for you, though. Well, yeah, today, too, like I looked at my shit and it wasn't impressive. So I was like, I don't uh, even care. If it was, a, it was a, if it was a doozy, I would have been like, oh, <laughs> bitch, we're seeing how much that fucker was. Like we are. So yeah, no, I've been there, but it's not to be like, oh, I need this the scale going. I was like, how much did I just evacuate? Because that was a monster. And then I'm gonna tell somebody about it. Exactly. Exactly. So how do you deal with weight gain in the off season? You deal with it. You know yeah. that that is just the price that you pay if you want to body build. If you yeah, want I- to skinny, be a skinny mini, fine. But don't call yourself a bodybuilder if you're not willing to treat the sport and build. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head too when you said like, hey, um, if you're gaining weight, you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Bitch, you're doing a good job. Like that one. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what? You got all the good sayings today. I'm, I'm about it. We're only two questions in. This is great. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, next question. I love this because, I mean, you have, you've been through some shit with your <laughs> relationships and balancing bodybuilding. So I'm going to start with uh, first mine because I feel like you'll be more helpful in this than I will. But you know, Eric and I were married when I went through my first contest prep. And I will say it was rough because like it was my first time, but we still made it a point to communicate. And obviously our relationship has done nothing but get stronger and to build as we have come into our maturity as husband and wife. And all it is based down is prioritization. And thankfully, Eric, although he had, doesn't give two fucks about being a bodybuilder, he still eats good meals. Mm-hmm. He meal preps, he does his macros, he trains with me. And so again, even though he's not like a bodybuilder, he still shares in this lifestyle with me because he knows it's important for me and to me in the same way that I, you know, encourage him to do stuff that he likes by playing video games, or we go to the gun range together, or we do outside activities together. So he shares in the hobbies with me and I share in his hobbies with him. And it just comes down to a mutual love and respect, but also being on the same page about what's important to you guys. Cause you know, he's never going to run a cycle. You know, we've talked about it. I'm like, Hey, do you ever want to run? Like literally I was like, Hey, do you want to run tests? And he's, and he had thought about it, but he's like, honestly, it's just not something that I want to do, even though we're not wanting to have kids, because if I have to do this the rest of my life, he's like, that's just not for me. And so I respect that. But if he, yo, if he's ever like, yeah, you know, let's run a cycle. I'm going to be like, yo, let's go. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's not important to him. So that's okay. I support him and love him as his wife. And that's how we do it is we just balance it. But we also know that in the off season, we go on more dates and things are less strict and rigid because he knows in contest prep, it's fucking go time. And he will love me and respect me and support me during that phase. And I will try my best to make sure that I am still loving him and supporting him and giving him what I can give, even though during contest prep, it is very, very selfish, but I will still show up to my marriage because at the end of the day, my marriage is number one. Yeah, no, you're, you're 100% right. Yeah. Like finding things and communication is huge. Communication is so fucking Mm -hmm. important when it comes to this, because going through a prep yourself is hard, but going through your prep with somebody else 
along the journey is, is difficult mm-hmm. as well, especially because like not only, you know, does your life change, like their life also changes as well. And yeah. so backstory on me, my first um, prep, I was actually engaged um, and um, it fell apart because of prep. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> our, our, we were never going to get married. It sucked anyway. So um, <laughs> besides the point, um, he actually was um or is military um he was deployed he was deployed when i was still in an off season he came back i was in prep so let's talk about that let's talk about yeah. how the lack of communication there was none because he was um deployed so there's very far and few between and then i got into a routine you know um and then i wasn't receptive of him coming back home before we left we were always eating out um and then it, it created like a lot of resentment because we realized we did not have anything in common other than like partying and drinking and things like that. Um, so my next prep, um, I made it, I honestly, my next prep, my goals were to obviously place a little bit better, but I really wanted to have, um, a better relationship with everybody, not just my significant other, but like with my family as well. And like my friends too, during that time, because I self-isolated, um, which was very difficult, um, for myself, for my mental health during that first time. So my second prep, um, I thought I was doing a lot better. Um, I made a point to have dates, like you said, that were, you know, at the gun range, um, playing at the park is one thing that I really like. Um, going to like, do you guys like do the swings and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the other day I was playing, we like to play horse, the basketball game. Um, um, but the basketball hoop by my house, um, because I live in the fucking ghetto doesn't have a rim. Um, so we just play, hit the backboard in the square that's on there. Um, (laughs) we're not yeah it's it's like the last basketball court in the city i swear because all of the other ones um they tore up because a lot of drug deals were happening there so like we're just taking away the basketball courts so yeah like, there's no basketball courts anywhere and the one that's by my house is literally just one hoop and there is no um rim on it it's just a backboard <laughs> so there's that so like that was something that we we did a lot um but unfortunately during that prep two my relationship ended um actually right after my last show um because of yeah poor communication um, and not having that balance what it really came down to was um hey like i had a switch in my brain where i became so focused on just me and I forgot about everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of like you said, like you have to make sure like, hey, you have to leave that line of communication. Like, hey, like, am I still taking care of you during this time? Like, are you still getting what you need from me? Because I know I'm being self-centered. Like I know. And also too, I think, you know, when your significant other or when your family or when your friends even um, kind of see you go through this, they they are unaware. You can tell them like, hey, like this is going to be hard. This is about me. But like nobody understands unless you're actually going through it, whether yourself or like your significant other for that person. So like balancing that relationship, I definitely think a huge thing is like one, like you said, communication Two, planning date nights and time planning out time for each other, because we know um, meal prepping, cardio training, your work, just being a human and working and taking care of your house. Like you have so many things that pile up that, yes. you know, you're doing cardio one, you know, two hours a day, you, or you have to drive back to the gym for, you know, that cardio, like that takes up time too. So you have to make sure that you either have a designated day or a designated few hours to each other where you're actually planning that time to spend mm-hmm. with each other. Um, and then, you know, just definitely like reassuring that this is temporary. Um, it's going to end. I'm not going to be in prep for the next 10 years. Um, you know, this is something that is just a phase and we will get back to life and we will get through this. Um, so those are pretty much, pretty much my tips is mostly having time and having that communication and just understanding it's temporary. Yeah. I think something that could be very, very helpful, um, that most people don't talk about is like, if you can buy like a $500 treadmill for your prep and have your coach do like, 
literally that has been so nice to have a treadmill. Like, yeah, it doesn't make my house look super nice, but I don't give a fuck because like if I need to do cardio and when I was doing cardio, I could stay home and Eric and I could watch a movie or we could have a conversation. And so like, especially in a contest prep setting, when your cardio can get like an hour to a two or two a day, like, especially Mm -hmm. when you're in the weeds, like you can watch a movie or you Mm -hmm. can at least have a conversation and you can make that time quality, but you have to make it quality. You have to have that choice. You have to make that decision. Yes. No, I agree. Another thing I want to touch on is sex during. Oh God. Yes. Let's do um, it. Yeah. So my first prep, I was so fucking tired. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. obviously didn't have my period. So I had no sex drive, all those good things. And I, we just stopped yeah. having sex. So I think that was like a huge, um, heavy hitter too, because you have to realize like, if you go from having, you know, sex multiple times a week, a few times a month, whatever your schedule is, whatever your routine is. Um, and then you stop it altogether. Like that, that plays a role on your relationship. It weighs heavy for sure. Um, so my second relationship for my second prep, um, I made sure to be like, not so like quote unquote, like plan sex out, but I'm just kind of like, Hey, like today is my rest day from the gym. I have some extra energy. If you want to get a little frisky, because I knew I could give more energy to him at that time, right? Rather than being like, oh my God, I just did two hours of cardio. I just worked out. I just did a 12 hour nursing shift on top of it. Um, and now you want me to, to come home and, and caress you in bed. Are you fucking kidding me? It's not going to happen. So like in order for that, like, I think like kind of planning it out and just like knowing like, Hey, like it's, it, it still is. And it still yeah. feels good to be loved in those situations. Yeah. So you want to know something really, really funny during my contest prep, um, I, this is how much I love my husband. You guys, I would save carbs. Okay. We, we listening to this during contest prep. I would save carbs. I'm going to say that one more time. I would save carbs for, um, oral sex lube that was like flavored. Oh yeah, girl. Yeah. Okay. Is that not love? That's is that love. not love? Yeah. I would have, save like three grams have, of carbs. Yeah. When you have 70 carbs and you're using three of them. Oh, fuck for oral sex because eric loves oral sex and so here's the deal like i like flavor and i do you better believe i'd eat dick (laughs) because i wasn't eating much else but i would use the oral flavoring it's not that love that's true love so save your carbs suck your man that's 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 the tip eating um at least like the 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 dick is calorie free right that's Um, right oh literally so you want some in the height of my eating disorder though i straight up with i straight up on my fitness pal, like my fitness pal, I don't know, Google on my fitness pal, how much cum was, because I was so worried cum would have calories. And so literally one of the results was 69. And like, at the time I didn't understand what that meant. Cause I was so fucking dumb. And I was like, how does cum have 69 calories? y'all I cannot make this shit up cannot make <laughs> that this is shit up. so funny I wouldn't even think to like google that but like now I just really want to know like yeah. I can't believe someone it's put it protein. in protein it's yeah. gotta be protein it's gotta, though. it's gotta be oh my god oh my god all right side tangent there so yeah save your carbs save your carbs like your man don't swallow though because that's protein calories <laughs> what do you guys eat around training um buy my peri workout guide and you know oh yeah dude I was just gonna say that you took that out of my mouth but um so I'll, I'll literally tell you exactly what I eat. Um, but yeah, I definitely think highly recommend Ashley's ebook there. Um, it's got tons of tips. It literally gives you examples and tells you what to eat and how much essentially you should be eating, um, pre and post training. But for Mm -hmm. me specifically, um, 
any of you that are listening, if you're a Tominic trained athlete, you know, we pretty much all eat the same pre-workout meal now. I don't know how it happened, but we all do. Um, so it's, I eat rice, jasmine rice. I eat um, ground chicken or turkey. That's 99% lean. And then I put a banana on it and I put honey on it and I put some salt and that's it. And I eat that. Um, I used, I've been actually, I was doing 60 minutes and now I'm like closer to like 90 minutes to two hours. Yeah. I'm a little heavier, so I'm not like burning through it, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's my heaviest meal. Mine is, I think like around 60 carbs. So it's going to take me a little bit longer to digest that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's been working for me. I've been doing that for probably the last, um, year, that same meal. And then yeah. my post-workout meal is, um, cream of rice with a um, little bit of egg whites in there. And then I do um, dimatized protein powder and then frozen blueberries and salt again. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Those are my pre and post meals around training. And that one, again, I usually wait about an hour or two, hour and a half, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So mine's a little bit different since I'm starting to reverse. And essentially, I would say almost 80% of my carbs are shoveled around my training because like, I just want to keep my waist small and I want to drink more of my carbs. And so my pre-workout is a bunch of cream of rice. It is coconut oil. It's like, I forget how many grams of, I usually like 30 grams of fried foods unflavored. And I do 55 grams of bowl of gains. And then I use um, either some type of whey isolate as the protein. I'll use 10 grams of coconut oil, a fuck ton of salt and sodium and potassium salt mm-hmm. and some type of fruit like blackberries. And that'll be my I'll eat that two hours pre-training. Um, my intra is like 45 grams of Gatorade, a scoop of hexagen, a scoop of synthogen, more amino or more um, salt, sodium and potassium. And then I also eat two, that's it, which are like little fruit strips. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like in that intra workout, you know, I eat the, the, the strips on the way to the gym. And then obviously my pre-workout drink or my intro workout drink is like all of that's like hundred grams of carbs and it's easily digestible, smooth as fuck, no bloating or anything like that. And then post-workout, I actually do have a pretty like dense meal. I actually do eat real food. Um, so I'll do beef liverwurst. I'll do, um, ghee or coconut oil. Again, I'll do some type of potato, um, add in some, like some salads, some sprouts, some kimchi, and um more fruit like strawberries or blueberries or something like that and um gummy bears just to kind of like again have some carbs that's fast acting so i can absorb and you know eat all that shit without feeling like distended and it looks like a lot but on my training days i really only eat three times and then i have my intro workout drink so it's like it's not that bad and since i'm not eating as frequently you know like your gut the migrating motor complex or whatever like I don't blow or anything like that. Like it digests so smoothly where I, I am satiated, but I'm not like distended or anything like that. So it looks like a lot of food, but because I'm not like gorging myself throughout the day, it's honestly not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, just like having that liquid carbs too is Dude. easy to get down for sure. Thank Especially when it was like fucking a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, so speaking of that, so we eat all this great food around our training, but, um, you know, not, but, but it's, you know, it helps grow our little muscles there. So what would you say the best exercises for growing our glute muscles are growing those booty cheeks? I know this question is always like, what's the best. It's like, stop worrying about what's the best and just do, but like any type of movement where you are using the glutes, like 
as the prime mover is going to be the best. And so this could be like a glute focused squat. It could be a glute focused leg press. It could be hip thrusts. It could be cast glute bridges. It could be, you know, deadlifts. It could be, you know, RDLs. It could be kickbacks. It could be Bulgarian split squats. It could be targeting glute med and glute minimus with different variations of split squats and again, kickbacks. So it's like all of these things are just tools in the toolbox. Do you need to be doing them all, all at once? No, but like, I would say pick one where your biomechanics line up with, you know, the force direction, prioritizing the glutes and learn to connect well with the glutes and stop with the high volume bullshit and train till failure. Because if you're eating and training hard and training smart, your glutes will grow. It will just take some time. I also think it's important too, that when you're picking your movement that you enjoy it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I um, I think it's a mental component. Like RDLs are great. Love them. Love them for, for glute growth, right? For yeah. posterior growth. I fucking hate doing them so like the when I know I have to do them like you know I'm just, not that I hate them but like I they're just not they're not my favorite at all so like my mental for it I'm just like dude like I just want to get this over with like I don't mentally connect as well as I do if I'm doing like cast glute bridges mm-hmm. or um conventional deadlifts like not that they're like you know so like for that like that's probably not the best exercise for me just because I don't enjoy it so like when we say like what's the best exercise like obviously there's a lot of glute variations as you mentioned but I think also too you have to be something that you you enjoy and that would be the best for you specifically because you're going to continue to do it you're going to continue to want to progress like when I do my deadlifts dude like I love that shit it gets me so amped and all I want to do is get better and better and better at it like that is all I want and like that's how we grow so when it comes down to like the best exercise yeah of course there's there's great exercises like you're not going to be like hey go do a bicep curl for your fucking glutes right that's fucking stupid but um, (laughs) right no there obviously there's good exercises that you know stimulate our group our glutes but like you have to be able to want to do them willing to progress willing to overload um, to build that muscle and take the fucking time that's required. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And when we go through my training, I will tell you why I picked these exercises that I picked. And I'm telling you right now, deadlifts, like barbell deadlifts or barbell RDL, not fucking in there. One, I don't like them. Two, I don't do them correctly because of my biomechanics and because of my prior injuries. Yeah. And so it's like, people can make the thing, oh, well, you just need to stop being a pussy. Here's the deal. When I train, I train like a fucking animal. Like Mm -hmm. I am like inhabited by Beelzebub himself and I will go to work. I can connect well with hip thrusts. I can connect well with cast glute bridges. Is my setup a little weird? Yeah, because what I do is all the type of like platform that I have, I can grab the back of the seat and crunch my abs down Mm -hmm. to keep my shit stable. Do I look stupid? You bet your ass I do. But guess what? I feel my ass Mm -hmm. and I can plug away till failure and hurt and scream and cry. And I feel it. And I know that feeling and sensation is not necessarily like the top thing, but I can drive with the intensity. I feel better and I get a pump. And that tells me all I need to know that I am connecting well with my ass. And if my ass is what I want to grow, I'm happy. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. So then our next question comes in is like, is it okay to do, uh, I'm guessing four sets by 15 to 20 reps for every exercise. So is it okay? That's like such a bikini thing or no, it's actually, it's a bad coaching thing is what it is. In my opinion, 
And then this is my opinion, right? And opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has one. So here's the deal. I think it's just lazy programming because every, like people listening to this podcast, chances are they're probably not like multiple Olympian winners yet. Hmm. The more advanced you are, the more you are going to need. And we, this is mostly going to be true in food in training volume and in PEDs. Here's the deal. You do not want to be advanced because when you are in the gym and you are doing these hard fucking sets, it is a lot on your body. It is a toll mentally. It is a toll physically. And you are going to need to recover from that. So you don't want to be advanced, right? So if you honest to God need four sets of every single exercise, that sucks for you because I don't need four sets of every exercise to grow. I need one, two, maybe three. If it's like, you know, a smaller muscle group, like a bicep or a tricep. Like Mm -hmm. if you were going hard, you do not need to do 15 to 20 reps either. Now rep ranges, there is a a continuum. And we're definitely going to talk about this with Dr. Scott Stevenson uh, in later in April. And so I'm not going to give too much of an answer to this, but like, it is good to vary your rep ranges. Absolutely. But don't just do the high volume bullshit to feel the pump and feel the burn. Like, don't be afraid to, especially balloon. Don't be afraid to do the six to eight rep range and like take a fucking hard central nervous system set. You know what I'm saying? Like a hack squat or maybe an RDL or something like that. Like, don't be afraid to really take a hard set and lift heavy because that has its own benefits, not only for muscle growth, but also centrally for growth. So that's all I'll say about that. I will say um, something that I program for people, I will do a higher rep range if I want them to kind of back off training. So someone who is like coming out of contest prep or in a health phase, um, that way I know they're not pushing a ton of weight. Um, Also while programming, like their RIR a little bit higher too, Um, but I will put them at a more of, of a higher rep range. But yeah, I think like I look at this, I used to be this person, to be honest, that was doing like four sets of like, 15 mm-hmm. to 20 or you know 12 to 18 or whatever it may be um and now I look at it and I'm just like Jesus fucking Christ like I couldn't I couldn't do mm-hmm. four sets of what I'm doing now but at that time when I was doing that four to five four sets by 15 to 20 I was not training hard at nope. all I could not recover I I was just trying to save myself to be able to get all four sets in mm-hmm. now I do yeah like you said same thing I do maybe like two to three warm-up sets and my warm-up sets are just working the weight up and then I have like one top set and that's my balls to the wall and like yep. that is that is enough for me right now um exactly. you know I just kind of transitioned into this style of lifting a year ago so I'm not someone who needs like you know the two top sets that are that are insane I'm still at the at the one top set and I'm growing I'm growing so much more than I ever have been because I'm able to push myself for like one set of literally like nine to 11 reps. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Am I exactly. Growing? Yeah. I'm glad you added that little caveat. So obviously if you were in a health phase or if you were someone with PCOS and we're trying to regain insulin sensitivity, mm-hmm. higher volume with a bit lower intensity is the way to go. But if you were like, we're, we're talking in the context right now of like a competitive athlete, that's hundred percent healthy. If you need four sets of true, honest to God failure for 15 to 20 reps, like no it's, it's not good training no. you're not gonna you're not performing well i already know it yeah training sucks dick yeah i'm gonna call you out it sucks because yep. i used to be that person and i used to be like yep i'm just gonna go out there and do my like fucking glute hip thrusts and do 20 of them and they were shitty and it was like with and 10- your frog pumps i bet you did frog oh. pumps too because i did yeah 
If you did not do frog prompts and then like lay on your stomach and kick the fucking Smith machine up backwards, yep. you weren't. Yeah, no. Agreed. You weren't, Agreed. Oh, oh, y'all. Let's finish. Uh, let's. Oh, we have two more. We have two more. But best natty stack. So this is in the contest context of everything else is in line. Like Orion's fucking belt in in the sky is just a line. You're not fucking around with your sleep, your nutrition you know, your training, your cardio, your water, like everything else is just fucking perfect. And you want to add supplementation. I would say the best natty stack is going to be, you know, utilizing creatine, L-citrulline, maybe some beta alanine in your pre and like in your intro workout with like a, some aminos and some carbs. And then if you really want to use like, you know, specifically like natty growth supplement stuff, I would say you could add in um, Morpho Test from Morphogen Nutrition and Morpho Bullock because those are going to be essentially natural ways to help to boost your testosterone and improve body composition. And those are all of those things I just mentioned, the Morpho Test, the Morpho Bullock and the L-citrulline, beta-alanine and creatine. That's what I'm using right now in my growth phase. Mm-hmm. I would say the only other thing I would probably add in is like caffeine, but that's oh know. for sure. I mean that's, that's I mean, everybody's on <laughs> caffeine, but let's just call it out, right? Um, I will say, um, my 2021 prep, I did it all natural, and all I took was creatine. That was it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I didn't even take EAAs at the time. I probably should have. Um, but everything else was on fucking point and that's how i i guarantee you that's how i got so fucking shredded like my sleep was insane mm-hmm. didn't make me meal cardio was good my time management was good stress was low um i felt amazing and i think that's why i progressed so well just being so natural with the very minimal stuff and i had like really good food choices i was not like if it fits in my um fitness pal or fits in my macros if it fits my fitness pal I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, yeah. I think those, if you want to be all natty, like, yeah, everything you said, a little dose caffeine too, and onward, just check all of your fucking boxes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, great, great thing. Why don't you round us, round us out with our last question and we'll wrap this bitch up. This is a good one. So if your goal is to compete me and Ash, Ash and I, um, then why do you spend so much time in an off season and not competing for a show? This is a good question. Like, it makes sense. Like if your goal is to compete, why are you not competing all the time? Right. But why do we spend so much time in that off season? And I'm going to tell you one health, mm-hmm. health, 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 because competing is not healthy. We know that. And two, you got to grow. Maybe you've got to grow and you cannot grow when you're in a deficit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't. Um, so yeah, you know, essentially it just, it makes more sense. Um, when you look at the big picture is like, yeah, um, <laughs> your goal is to compete. Why are you not stepping on stage after time, after time, after time again? Well, if yeah. you want to be competitive, if you want to win this, this is part of the process, you know, um, it's, it, it's, you know what, it's kind of like, I don't know. You're a baker, right? So, you know, we're, we'll put on a smaller scale. So you like to bake, you like to make treats obviously like people like to eat treats but you make shit from scratch so you know it takes time it takes time to make the dough sometimes like if you're making a pizza you have to let that dough sit overnight and like that requires time same with like building your muscle like that requires time adding in all the ingredients mixing it up then baking it like there's certain steps you have to take in order to achieve the final product and these are the steps that we take to achieve that final product what we want it to be you can't just wake up and be like all right i'm going to compete today like it's not going to happen 
we need to prioritize health. We need to prioritize our gains. Um, We want to look good. Um, And also to just live your life a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah. Too many girls, their personality becomes bodybuilding and especially competing. And they forgot like who they fuck they were before bodybuilding. And I'm not saying that like, you can't be a bodybuilder because obviously we are, but like you're just someone that competes and that's not what bodybuilding is that it's not body competing it's bodybuilding so you need to take time to build up your body and i literally have a post like this and it's i'll probably i'll share it today um and also share it if i can remember um when the podcast comes out but like my biggest regret in bodybuilding was doing two back-to-back shows and the first feedback from my first show was you you need some size but what did i do was did another show because my ego said that I wanted to do another show. So I did another show. I got leaner. I lost more muscle. I dug myself into more of a hormonal hellhole, And I have to own that. I did that. No one had a gun to my head forcing me to do it. I did that to myself. And I've been in my forever off season ever since and living life and enjoying it. So if you really want to be a bodybuilder, if you really want to be an ambassador of the sport, take it fucking seriously and take your off season seriously and grow. because you know, that's the whole point is to come back better, not come back worse. But if you're wondering why you keep placing lower and lower and your feedback is to grow and you're taking these bullshit three month off seasons, like the first three, four months reversing, you're not building muscle. You were just trying to get functionally fucking healthy. So it's like, you know, stop spinning your wheels, stop fucking around and take your off season seriously and take the sport seriously. So that way you can represent what you love or what you say you love in the best light. Agreed. My last little note here is I've been seeing, I think there is a shift with people taking longer off seasons mm-hmm. um, because I've been seeing it. I mean, it, it's comical to me because it's still not long enough in my opinion, but people be like, oh my God, I've been in my off season for eight months. This is the longest off season I've ever had. And I was just like, okay, I'll give it to you. That's great. We're moving in the right direction, but honey, like multiply that by three and you'll mm-hmm. be good. Like, yeah. Well, we're seeing that because one, there are people like us who are better leaders and better ambassadors of the sport that we're leading by example, taking Mm -hmm. longer off seasons, but also the amount of health repercussions that we're seeing with girls developing gut dysbiosis, Hashimoto's, like other autoimmune type disorders are because of the fact their body is so fucking stressed from continuously prepping and being at like low hormones and low body fat percentages that their bodies are forcing them to take longer off season. So it's like, you can either take a note from Ash and I and like take your off season seriously. So you feel better, take your health seriously, or you can be forced to fucking stop because your health is completely trashed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to sign off with saying my last prep was uh, 11 months long. And um, two months after that, I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So there's proof in the pudding right there, people, right, <laughs> right there. Oh, Ash, I can't. <laughs> uh, and with that note, guys, until next time, next time we have a special guest, we will have Mr. Braden Miller from Miller Team Miller Elite. It's going to be <sighs> awesome. It is a juicy topic. I'm not going to tell you what we're talking about. I already showed it, but if you remember, you remember, but if you don't, you don't. But until next time, peace. Adios.